Welcome to the Nimrod Outdoors podcast, where we challenge and equip men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of the home. Let's dive right in. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Chelsea. Uh, I just quickly wanted to reach out and say we are looking for business partners. And what a business partner is, is is a business or individual who is wanting to uh, sponsor us for $100 a month. And with that, you get your own link on our website that directs and advertises your um, business. And then also, we're going to be advertising you and giving you shout outs on our future podcast. So we would love to get you in on that and would greatly appreciate the donations and the sponsorship. Um, so if you're interested in becoming a ministry partner, please email us at contact at nimrodoutdoors.com or shoot on over to our website at www.nimrodoutdoors.com and you can learn more um, under the business partner tab or under the gift tab. Um, so thanks so much and we look forward to talking with you next week. Well, what's going on, folks? Uh, my name is M.A. Dozier, and I'm excited to be uh, talking again on the Nimrod Outdoors podcast. And today, what we are going to dive into is what God has called us as men, husbands, and fathers to be, and that is the spiritual leaders of the home. And really, to the core of the ministry of Nimrod Outdoors, this is our heartbeat. This is what we uh, strive to do is try to, uh, well, our mission statement is to challenge and equip men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of the home. And so the way we do that is we, <clears throat> we do these events where we get men together uh, with their kids and we do outdoor trips, uh, hunting trips, fishing trips, camping trips. And on those weekends, we engage dads with the truth of the scripture of the, the truth that God has created them to spiritually lead their families. And and so we're going to really dive into that today. We're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, some conversations I've had with some uh, men in my life. We're going we're gonna to dive into scripture. Um, and really, we're just going to tell some stories about um, my childhood and, and some other stories from Nimrod Outdoors of uh, what all this looks like. And we're going to try and compile it together. I'm going to try and give you a clear picture um, of what God has called us to do. And and so really, uh, the, the major issue we have in our culture today, um, and especially inside the church world, is we have built a system around behavior modification. Um, and so what do I mean by that? What, what does behavior modification look like? Well, the church has bought the lie for so long that we just need to be morally good. And, and on the surface, that sounds good, but if we really dive into it, being morally good does not save us. That, that doesn't hold any weight in the salvation that we call um, from Jesus. It, Jesus' Jesus's blood, death on the cross is what gives us salvation. And so just being a good person uh, does nothing for us. But unfortunately, the church, you know, and, and as parents, we, we have kind of built a system over the past several decades where, hey, if a kid, uh, you know, is well-behaved, maybe they're doing great in school, maybe they're good in athletics, uh, and they come to church on the regular, and they could tell you John 3.16 or, or Romans 5.8, or, you know, they can they can give you church answers, man, we, we just take that at surface level of like, man, they are saved. Um, but the reality is, and, and this is the story of my life, is those kids can be so far from the truth of 
of the gospel and, and their hearts can be so lost. And yet we as the church and we as the parents, and especially we as the men, husbands and fathers are not pushing into them and pursuing them and really asking hard questions of, do you know what it actually means to follow after Jesus? And really in, in our, in my own life, that, that was my story is, you know, I grew up in the church. I was the model church kid. I, I was, you know, could tell you all the church answers. I had Bible verses memorized and on the outside to the pastor, to the Sunday school teacher, to anybody I really came in contact with, um, I was, they would consider me saved um, because I, I was, again, the model church kid. But here's the thing. My heart was utterly lost because I was not in relationship with Jesus. I was just bending my behavior to model something in which somebody said, hey, that's good. You should do that. And so even though my, the outside of my life looked like I was saved, I was, I was forever lost. And I thank God every day that I didn't have parents that just took my faith or what I said in my words um, about Jesus or, or giving, giving the church answers. I I'm, thank God every day that they continued to pursue me. Um, and that, that is a major issue we have um, in the church culture today is, man, we, we rush so fast to get our kids saved. And, and kids are get, you know, giving their life to the Lord's at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, um, and they're getting baptized. And listen to me, that is awesome. But that is not the final step. That is step number one in us raising our kids. And unfortunately, in the church today, we rush to get them saved. And then it's like we just go, whew, all right, good deal. I've done my job. Now I can go live my life. Well, that's not what God did for us. God didn't pursue us to the point of the cross and then say, hey, I can't wait to see you when you get here. No, the scripture is clear. God continues to pursue us daily and continues to push into us. And the Holy Spirit continues to mold us on a daily basis into the men, husbands, and fathers we are supposed to be. So should we not do the same thing for our own children? But unfortunately, we, we've bought the lie for way too long that just say a prayer and, and, and claim Jesus and we're good. And you can go live your life, just be a morally good person, and, and you're going to be great. Well, here's the thing, and this is a verse that absolutely tears me up. I've talked about it multiple times on this podcast, but it's found in Matthew chapter 7, starting verse 21, and, and Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do the will of my Father. And so are we pursuing our kids, and are we pushing them to realize that God created them for a purpose, and then asking the question, Lord, what do you want from my life? And, and, and helping them and guiding them in that question so that they can begin formulating and building a life that is in pursuit of Jesus and actually doing his will. Because the biggest fear I have as a man, husband, and father is that my wife and kids will one day hear, away from me for I never knew you, maybe because I told them about Jesus, but I never act, actually showed them how to follow after Jesus in my own life. And so um, that's a little bit about my story and kind of like the, the overview of the church and where we are today and, and why we are in such peril. And, and in my opinion, why we're seeing a great fall away from the church. Um, you know, statistically speaking, um, there's a, a 2019 survey by the Barna Group that says that um, only, only about 25% of millennials attend a religious service regularly. Um, and I read that, I was like, oh man, that's bad. But then I really read it and realized that it said religious service. 
It didn't say evangelical. So if we're really talking about it, the the percentage of those being Bible-believing, Christ-centered uh, individuals in that 25% mark is even even fewer. Um, man, we we have a major issue, and I, and I think that major issue is because for decades we pursued people to the point of salvation, and then we just quit. We, we didn't disciple them. We didn't continue to mold them into the image of Christ. We didn't continue to invest in them and pour into their lives. Um, we just said, all right, good, you're great. We'll see you when you get here. Um, and because of that, the world has consumed them. The world has overshadowed them, um, and they had no direction. It was like we gave gave somebody, you know, said, hey, you need to go here, but we didn't give them directions to do it. So they're just wandering aimlessly with no direction, um, but they, they're holding on to this thing that they, they say, oh, well, I, I'm saved, so I'm good. But in Matthew 7, it says that we have been giving a, a purpose and we are to do the will of the Lord. And so if you're just wandering aimlessly, how can you possibly be doing the will of the Lord? And so really when it comes to spiritually leading our families um, as men uh, and as husbands, the, the issue I think we have today is we think that it has to be so rigid and routine and, and we have to know the Bible like tremendously well and we have to know the deep theological um, answers. And that's not the truth. Um, you know, I, I was just recently talking to a good friend of mine and he was talking about the struggles of like trying to do devotions with his, with his boys. He's got three boys. And uh, he's like, man, he was like, I'm going to tell you what. He was like, with all my good intentions of my heart, I sit down in the living room, I set them down, we start opening up the Word, and it just takes one minor distraction, and the whole thing's derailed. Like, they, they're they giggling and laughing, they're not taking it seriously, and he was like, I just don't know what to do. Um, and I think that's where a lot of us are in our life today, especially in raising our kids. Like, either we're not spiritually pouring into them at all, or when we try to do it, um, we were met with opposition. And so I, I kind of was talking to him and, you know, one thing we, I, I discussed with him in that conversation was like, well, I, you know, I think devotions are great. I think sitting down and being intentional and, and teaching your kids to dive into God's word uh, is definitely awesome. I mean, the word of God is, is our weapon against the evil one. And so we need to know it. We need to know it in our heart, but I think there, we can teach our kids way more by how we live our lives in front of them and how we follow Jesus in front of them than just sitting down and trying to get them to memorize scripture. And going back to behavior modification, you know, I mean, so what if my kids know all the Bible verses? Like, does it really affect their heart or are they just doing memorization? And what, what I equate that to is they go to school, right? And so they, they can tell you the times tables. They can, you know, tell you four plus four is eight. And uh, four times four is 16. That, that's all memorization. And so, but at the end of the day, did it really impact their heart? And, and that's where we as, as spiritual leaders need to make sure that we're not just giving them information to memorize. We are giving them information. We are showing them how to apply it to their lives. And then we are continuing daily to walk with them to help them mold that and push into their lives so that they are continuing to walk in this information that we've given them from the scriptures. But getting back, I kind of got in a rabbit hole there, but getting back to, you know, the conversation with my buddy about, you know, devotions and saying like, I think devotions are great, but there's a better way. Um, really, God lays out the way that we are supposed to do it. And he lays it out in Deuteronomy chapter six. And starting in verse four, it says this, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
and these commands that I give to you today shall be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. See, what God is laying out here is not a systematic routine of devotions and theological exposition, right? He, what is he saying? He was like, talk about them when you sit and when you walk, uh, when you lie down, when you get up. We are to tie them as symbols on our foreheads. They're supposed to be on our houses so that they're open and seen and visible. Um, and so what God is laying out here is uh, that it is, it is who we are. It is the fiber of what we do. It, it is a lifestyle. It's every moment waking lifestyle in which we are showing our kids that we are following Christ in our own lives. But see, like I said today, the, the problem is the church is, has slowly faded into the mindset that church is just something we do and reading the Bible is just something we do rather than who we are. And so, you know, I, I think it's important that we, we read Scripture and we, our kids memorize Scripture. But at the end of the day, how I live my life in front of my kids is vastly more important and how I show them Jesus in my own life is way more important than getting them to memorize a scripture just for the sake of memorization. Um, you know, I want them, as I live out my life, I want them to see Jesus in my everyday life. Are they seeing Jesus when I talk to the cashier? Are they seeing Jesus when I'm driving down the road and there's heavy traffic? Um, are they seeing Jesus and how I treat their mother? Uh, how I love their mother? Can they see Jesus in that? Um, and, and then if we are intentional in the little moments of life, as far as pouring in scripture to them, um, they will grasp onto that because they see that we are, as, as spiritual leaders, we're not just talking about this, we're actually doing it in our own life. And it's the classic, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Parents, listen to me, like, your kids are never really going to do what you tell them to do unless your actions match the words that you tell them to do. And so being intentional in little moments of time, what do I mean by that? Well, let me tell you a story uh, from Nimrod Outdoors, one of our hunting weekends that just I think is amazing. I get chill bumps every time I talk about it. Um, it is just an awesome thing. And so we, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago, we were, we were advertising a, a father-son hunting weekend. And I had a man call me and he's like, hey, man, like, I, I see your advertisement. I'd love to come on your father-son hunting weekend. He said, but I don't have a son. He said, but what I do have is I have a 14-year-old brother-in-law. And his dad's never been a part of his life. And, you know, I, I just want to love on him and I want to give him a great weekend. And I was like, absolutely, man. Because after all, you know, in scripture, it, it calls us to, to step up and be in defense of the widow and the orphan. Right. And so, um, I was like, this is biblical. This is awesome. Like bring him along. Like he needs a godly mentor. And so we go on this weekend and on the weekends I do devotions. And, and one of the devotions, um, I normally do is I talk about being intentional in the small moments of time that God gives you to pour into your kids. Um, and, uh, that, and then we took the dads out and they sat in the deer stand that evening. And then that night after dinner, Isaac pulled me aside. He's like, Hey man, like I want to talk to you about a conversation I had, um, with my, my brother-in-law uh, in the, in the deer stand. I was like, yeah, what's up, man? And he said, well, I, I was sitting there and he said, I, I remember you talking about being intentional in the small moments of time. And so, um, it was kind of awkward, but I, I sat there and I was like, Hey man, like, I know, 
you know, he, his brother-in-law, brother-in-law's name was Dylan. He said, Dylan, I know that um, you're struggling because your earthly father has never been a part of your life. And I know that you, you struggle with trust um, and you feel like something's wrong with you because um, he abandoned you and he left you and you, you feel like, you know, you're not wanted. Um, and he said, but Dylan, I want to I tell you this. He said, I love you. But more importantly, you have a heavenly father that loves you. And scripture says that he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. And then Isaac said, you know, Dylan, Jesus died for you and he wants the best for you. And uh, he said, that's all he said. And he said, Dylan didn't even respond. He said, Dylan just like stared off into the woods. And he was like, man, it got awkward. He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, so I just kind of threw my arm around his shoulder and we just sat in that deer stand until it got dark in silence. Like we didn't say anything else. And I was like, man. I was like, well, I said, hey, thank you for being intentional. You never know the impact that you had in his life. Well, the awesome thing about that is about a month later, I get a call from Isaac, and he's like, hey, man. He said, Dylan came up to me just kind of randomly was like, hey, I've been thinking about our conversation in the deer stand, and uh, I want to know more about this man named Jesus. And Isaac was able to walk him through what it looked like to actually follow Jesus, and Dylan gave his life to the Lord that night. Um, And so here's the thing, you know, dads, the life we live in front of them with authentic faith and being intentional in the small moments of life where we can actually like truly be authentic with our children, um, man, the Holy Spirit can use that in miraculous ways, way more than us sitting down and trying to like have a rigid structure of like, you're going to read this scripture, you're going to memorize it, and I'm going to make you memorize it. Because at the end of the day, what Dylan saw in Isaac's life was that it was real, it was authentic, and, and Isaac, or and Dylan saw that Isaac truly, truly believed what he was talking about, rather than just saying, hey, you need to do this, why? Because it's a good thing to do. Um, Isaac lived out his life following after Jesus in front of Dylan, and that's what made the difference in Dylan's life. And so one thing I think we need to also understand is our culture has, um, our society has been, I guess, infiltrated and involved. It has evolved into the school of thought that there's always someone more qualified to raise my child. So like we believe, like our culture, our society believes that the teacher is more qualified to educate or the coach is more qualified to instruct Um, And especially we believe that the youth pastor or Sunday school teacher is more qualified to spiritually raise our children. Well, here's the truth. Um, If if you want to send your kids to school, fine. If you want to hire a private coach for your kid to learn a sport, man, so what? I'm good with that. Whatever. Those are earthly things. But when it comes to the spiritual upbringing of your family, you are the primary source of bring of spiritually bringing up your children like i i would put like i have youth pastors in my life i have mentors in my life that have done amazing things but it is not their job to spiritually raise our children okay it is our job you know we one day as men husbands and fathers we are going to stand before the throne room of the almighty and he is going to ask us to give an account for how we spiritually led our family and on that day the responsibility is going to be squarely on us as men, husbands, and fathers. Like there is no, there is no other, like we can't point fingers and say, well, the, the the youth pastor, you know, he had a hundred kids or he had 50 kids. And so he couldn't really do as much as he wanted to with my kid. Like, no, 
I am responsible for the spiritual upbringing of my children. And, you know, one of my, one of my favorite scriptures, and it's not a favorite scripture because I'm like, woohoo, I like it. It's a favorite scripture because it challenges me, but it's in Job. And Job is like lamenting to God and being like, hey, you know, what the heck's going on? And God looks at Job and he says, gird your loins or dress for action because I am going to question you and you will answer me. And I think about that. And I'm like, there's going to come a day where I'm going to stand before God and he is going to question me and I'm going to have to have an answer. And, and if there is no moment of like, oh, well, I understand like your society or your culture of the time during that time did this. So I'm going to give you a pass. No, because scripture is clear. Deuteronomy 6 is clear. Like we, we as the men, husbands and fathers are to impress these things on our children. And so if you don't think that you're qualified to, to spiritually lead your family, well, that is a lie from the devil because God has commanded you, ordained you, and created you to be the greatest influence in your child's life. And it is now up to our, our job to get into Scripture ourselves and make sure our own life is pursuing Christ. We cannot spiritually lead others to Christ if our own life is not being directed toward Christ. Um, there's an analogy I love. It's, it's like you're in an airplane, right? And the airplane starts like going down, right? And oxygen masks hit. What do they tell you to do first? They're like, hey, as adults, you put your oxygen mask on first and then you attend to your children. Well, our natural bent as any parent is like, I'm going to take care of my kid first. But here's the problem. If we can't get to our kid fast enough and we pass out because of lack of oxygen, we are no help to our child. And so therefore, we are both destined to perish because we don't have oxygen. Scripture and living our life toward Christ is the oxygen we need. And so we need to make sure our lives are set on a path following after Christ. So therefore we can pour into our own children and our own families. And that is primary. And so if you feel underqualified, maybe this is me challenging you to say, hey, you need to start diving in. You need to start following after Christ. You need to start understanding what God has called you to. Just because a youth pastor or a pastor or somebody in ministry has gone to school or has a degree does not mean that they are more qualified to raise your children than you are because they were never created nor ordained to do that. You were. And so, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, what I'm trying to get across here is, uh, you know, God laid it out pretty simple for us. Like, it doesn't have to be systematic, you know, rigid routine of diving into God's word. I definitely think memorization of God's word is important. It, you know, the Bible says that we are to hide his word into our heart. And so therefore we do have to understand that, um, and, and memorize it and read through it. But at the end of the day, just memorizing scripture does not change our souls. Living for Christ on a daily basis change our, changes our souls. And sometimes some of the most biblical and, and godly men I've ever met may not have been able to quote scripture to you, but they knew deep in their bones what it meant to go to, go to Jesus every day and say, Jesus, what do you want from me today? And I will go do that no matter what. Um, and, and so are we doing that as men, husbands, and fathers? Um, so that's kind of basically all I got for you today is I, I want to challenge us 
to really look at what it means to spiritually lead our family, identify that it is our responsibility and solely our responsibility, and we cannot cast the blame on anybody else but ourselves. Um, And one day we will stand in judgment for that. Um, And then just being intentional in the small moments of time of, of sitting there and saying, hey, you know, where can I pour into my child? Where, where's an opportunity where I can simply just love on them and tell them Jesus loves them? And, you know, here's a primary, primary example. Like when I was growing up as a kid, I remember I, I raced quarter midgets um, and the little go-kart things. Um, I remember one day I won a race and we came home and I had this trophy and I was so excited about it. And my dad called me up into his office. He was like, hey, look, come here. I, I want to talk to you about something. And he said, and I was like, all right, what's up? I mean, I was like, 10 or 11, I think. And he opened God's word and he said, hey, let's read this scripture. And it was the scripture of we are to give to the least of these. And uh, and I, I was like, OK, yeah, cool. We'll give to the least of these. And he said, do you think that Anna Bird, which was the girl that I raced against and, and she came in second place? I, he was like, do you believe that Anna Bird is, a, is one of the least of these because you got a trophy and she didn't? And I was like. Oh my man, I guess. And my dad was like, "Why don't you call her and and tell her that she made a great, had a great race? And then what if you give her the trophy?" And I was like, "Man, I ain't giving her no more trophy. I won that. That that's mine." Like, and at that moment, my dad was like, "Hey, it's up to you to do what you want to do." But I just wanted to read scripture to you and tell you what what God calls for us to be as followers of Him. Um, and so, in a moment, like in a little two minute conversation, my dad imparted deep theological truth to me through a life, through an experience of my life of winning a race and talking about the least of these. And so that it's it just, it can be that simple, guys. It, it doesn't have, you don't have to get down and, and read deep theological understandings. Like, are we just merely pushing our children toward Christ and saying, hey, God created you for a purpose, and I'm here to help you know that and help you understand what that purpose is, and I'm here to help guide you, instruct you, and, and help you walk in that purpose. Is that what we're doing as spiritual leaders? I hope you got something from this, um, and uh, and I look forward to continuing walk down this road with you guys uh, as we continue to podcast. But always remember that as men, husbands, and fathers, and as spiritual leaders of the home, we need to stay humble, we need to stay focused, and we need to keep pressing forward. Y'all have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Nimrod Outdoors, find us on Facebook or look us up at nimrodoutdoors.com. We hope you have a great day and we hope to see you next time.